together we pray asking the Holy Spirit as we always do to come and to just fill this place. Come Holy Spirit, we give you permission to do what you desire to do. We pray that you would make our minds and hearts and souls fertile soil that you speak of in the gospel. That your word may bear deep, rich, and abundant fruit in our lives. Holy Spirit, illuminate these scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Before I dive into the homily, just a, a note. I mean, the entire Bible, right, all of the scriptures is an amazing gift filled with the power and the wisdom of God. But these three scripture passages today, and you say four with the psalm, are just, a, just gems to pray with. And so the focus of today's homily is going to be on the gospel. But I really encourage you during this week, to take these three passages to prayer because there's so much in them, so much. So let's dive into the gospel. One of the questions that the gospel asks us today really is, what is holding me or what is holding you back from taking the next step in your relationship with Christ? What is that thing that is holding us back from taking the next step, going to the next level in our relationship with Christ. We see this image in the rich young man. He, he comes before Jesus and he asks him a great question. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I mean, he's longing for heaven. What a great desire, what a great, great question. Certainly a really good person to ask, right? Like, how do I get to heaven? And so Jesus, his response to him is, is, is interesting, right? Why do you call me good? There is no one good but God alone. There's a certain acknowledgement of his question, but also he he's recognizes in this young man, like, that he doesn't quite understand who Jesus is. That he doesn't yet know that Jesus is the Son of God incarnate. That he's God himself. So he says, why do you, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. Trying to, trying to stir this up in him. And then he just begins to speak about the commandments. He says, well, well you know the commandments. And he, he lists a number of them. And really, if you ask me pretty astonishingly... The young man is like, got it, check mark, been taking care of that since I was really young. I mean, I'm like, well, you are the only human being on the planet that has ever done that, right? Pretty impressive. But if you notice, the commandments that Jesus lists, some of them are missing. Jesus lists the commandments, will be called historically part of the, the, seven, the second tablet, all the ones that were in regards to one's neighbor, but the first tablet, the first three, all in regards to love of God, Jesus doesn't mention. Again, trying to elicit in this young man 
hey, where is my faith? Where is my trust? Do I recognize Jesus as God? And also, you know, what am I putting my belief in? Am I, am I serving the Lord as I, as I should? And so as, after he says, and I, I've been doing this since I was a kid, I got that check mark. And here's another key line. It says, Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Now, this is important. Jesus is about to ask him, he's about to, to tell him, okay, so you've taken care of that part. This is what's next. And before Jesus asks something of him, just like he does for us, he looks at us and he loves us. Because when I'm about to ask you, you need to know that you are loved by me. And you need to know that I love you. So Jesus looks at him, he gazes at him, and, and then he loves him and he says, you are lacking one thing. And if I'm that guy, I'm like, sweet, just one? <laughs> like, this is good. I can handle one thing, right? But it's a pretty big one thing. And so Jesus says, go sell what you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Go sell what you have. Give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. This is what Jesus is asking him. And then what does it say? What does he do? It says that that statement, his face fell. And he went away sad, for he had many possessions. This is key. Jesus asked him something difficult. After he's gazing upon, he's gazing and he's looking back at Jesus. The Lord is loving him. And then he says, go sell all what you have. Give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So Jesus, the essential part of this question is he's saying, do you love your things more than you love me? More than you love God? Do you trust in your things, in your possessions, both exterior possessions and interior possessions more than you trust in God? Do you? Can you let them go? Can you love God more? Can you trust me more than those things and follow me? Make that step of becoming my disciple. It says his face fell. And his face fell because he had many possessions. And so he turned away from the gaze of Christ and looked at his stuff. What does this kind of remind us of a little bit? Maybe Peter walking on the water. They're in the boat. There's a storm that arises. Jesus comes walking on the water. And Peter recognizes it is the Lord. So already Peter is recognizing even more than this young man. Jesus is the Lord faith. And then he says, Lord, if it is you, then call me out to walk on this water. Trusting in Christ more than his self, more than his own possession and his own power. And so as he gazes at Christ, he, in the midst of the storm, he's walking on the water. Miraculous. But then what happens? He takes his gaze off of Christ. He begins to look at the storm and he sinks. And it's only when he cries out to Jesus and looks upon his face again that Jesus grabs him and pulls him out of the water. 
saves him. What in our life do we love more than God? What in our life do we trust more than God? What possessions are they? And again, these can be good things, can be bad things, be very beautiful things. They can be sin. It could be external things, my car, my bank account, whatever. It could be internal things, my plans, my desires. Maybe it's, it's lies that I believe about myself. I'm not good enough for the Lord to love me, which is true, right? But the Lord loves us anyway. God can't love me. God can't forgive me. I'll never get out of this. If we, if we get stuck on these lies and we look at these lies, it's like they possess us and they bind us and they don't allow us to live in the freedom of the sons and daughters of God that Christ wants to give us. And, and it's a sense that they, these internal possessions, external possessions, become idols and become gods when we put them before the Lord and we trust more in them. Today, let us begin to ask the Holy Spirit for two things. One, to meet the gaze of Jesus as he gazes upon us in love, in prayer. Christ is constantly gazing upon me with great love, with infinite mercy. Can I meet his gaze and receive that? Consistently, daily, trusting him. And then, can I ask the Holy Spirit to reveal within me whatever it is that I'm clinging to that's not of the Lord? Now, here's a, a little example of something that may help out. Father Michael Gately has written a number of books, really beautiful books. Um, and one, he talks about attachments, right? We get attached to these idols in our life, these external possessions or internal possessions, and we're clinging to them. And they're keeping us away from following Christ more deeply, more freely. And he, he uses this example. He says, you have a dog, and you have like a dog toy, and then you're playing tug of war with the dog, right? And you're just yanking on it, yanking on it, yanking on it, yanking on it. And the dog's never going to let go. But how do you get the dog to let go? You just look at it. You just look at the dog in the eyes, and you don't pull. And the dog begins to pay more attention to you than what's ever in its mouth, and it loosens its grip. And then what do you do? You just rip it right out. Right? Okay. In this sense, let's look at Jesus, right? Let's look at him and pay more attention to him than whatever it is we're clinging to. And ask him for the grace to begin to loosen our grip and then say, Jesus, just rip it out. Just take it out. What's that thing? And even important, as you're asking the question, it's even less important that you know what the thing is, that, it, that is important, but it's more important, am I meeting the gaze of Jesus? Because that's what's going to soften my grip on everything else but him. Everything else but him. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you are lacking in one thing. Go, sell what you have 
and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus, we pray for the grace to to consistently meet your gaze, the great gaze of love, Lord, that you will reveal your divinity to us, that we will profess a deeper faith in you, and that we will loosen our grip on the idols in our life, that you can take them from us, and that we can live in the freedom of the sons and daughters of the Father. Amen.